Welcome to Nerd Talk, the podcast that talks about everything nerdy. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead, and each week, me and my friends will be discussing some of our favorite topics. We're talking superheroes, Star Wars, Pokemon, Harry Potter, and that's just to name a few. You don't want to miss out on this because this is Nerd Talk. Hey guys, welcome back to Nerd Talk. It's Jordan Halstead here with my buddies Will and Chick. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. What up? You're yeah. My fatal risk city. That's a, you know, that's a good voice, Will. <laughs> that that was great. One of the the coolest things about nerdism um, is when some of your favorite superheroes start to show up on, uh, whether it's movie or TV. Uh, when they start to get their own series and you get to start seeing them more frequently, uh, it's some of the coolest things. So my question for you guys as we dive into who the Green Arrow is, who we are going to start talking about, the show called Arrow, season one, what were your thoughts of this season? Let's start with Will. Well, uh, I had a, I didn't really know much about the Green Arrow. Uh, luckily, Smallville uh, rectified that with season six and then incorporating Justin Hartley as a regular from season eight to ten. Uh, so I had this, uh, he was, in my mind, he was essentially Batman, but with arrows and the Robin Hood gimmick. And I'm like, all right, this guy's pretty cool. And Justin Hartley had won me over. I'm like, all right, this character's cool. And I think they, I think they were talking about doing a spinoff with him. And then I had heard early rumblings of Arrow, uh, or what, what we got as Arrow. And I assumed, because the little rumblings were that it was going to be Justin Hartley's Arrow. And it's like, oh, we're going to bring his mom back, his kid, uh, his kid's sister and all this stuff. I'm like, but like. Oliver's development, Smallville, like, does that not, does that all, was that all a lie? Like, what are we doing here? And then I was just like very, believe it or not, like most nerds, I was very anti-Arrow just for a little bit. And then the first trailer dropped, showing the island, showing the montage with him doing the salmon ladder and uh, doing the, the tennis ball drill. And that's the, the regular UFO. staple in the, the salmon ladder. That's a staple in Arrow. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that summer before I actually tried out for the CW star thing, you so I would see it everywhere because I was trying to see more updates. I'm like, did I win? Did I do this? But like, you would just constantly see that Arrow commercial. I'm like, I know I should be sick of this, but I, I love this over every other show they're premiering right now. And I, I just like want to slap that idiot who thought like this was going to be bad at all. And like, it took a little bit more uh, from the Batman Begins universe trying to make it more realistic and actually having a hero that kills like it was it was pretty dark uh for dc and i mean i know the cw doesn't like to acknowledge it now but it kicked off the Arrowverse, not this dc cw verse or whatever they're trying to rebrand it as now it i mean it, if thanks to Stephen amell and that whole team it kicked it off right here and it was great mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what about you chick so um I was never a fan of Smallville until years and years after. Like, literally, I just finished Smallville for the first time, like, a year ago. And, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's not my – I have a different experience. So um, I first saw Arrow when they when they finished the first season and put it on Netflix. Then I binged – I binged the crap out of it. Um, and um, so I was never – I was never familiar with all the CW stuff, you know, with uh, with Smallville and that Birds of Prey show and and all that stuff. Um, so I never got hopped onto the hype machine because I didn't, I never paid attention to CW. So the way I got into it was through um, was through Netflix. But here's the thing, right? I was never into comic books that much until my early twenties, and watching Arrow for the first time on Netflix was a part of that. So not only did Arrow, you know, really get me onto watching shows and movies about superheroes, but Arrow was a part of getting me into comic books in general. Um, so I have a huge place in my heart for Arrow because of that. And um, if it wasn't for having a Netflix when I was in college and watching Arrow for the first time, I would have never gotten into reading and collecting comic books. So thank you, Arrow. Thank you, Stephen Mel. Nice. Yeah, uh, for me, 
I remember when Arrow first came out, uh, kind of like Will, I saw a lot of the trailers and I got really excited. Um, my dad started talking to me about it. I was a, oh boy, this was 2012, so I was a senior. And my dad was like, hey, there's this show coming out and I think it's Robin Hood. Um, and I was like, I don't think that's Robin Hood, but okay. Like, yeah, let's let's go ahead and, and check this thing out. And then um, as I started to see the trailers, I was like, oh no, that's the Green Arrow. Um, and I just had done just enough research. I wasn't super nerdy at that point um, with, with my comic books, at least. I didn't start collecting until that December, uh, early January, right in that time frame of my senior year. But I started watching Arrow, and me and Dad, every Wednesday night, uh, we would come home from youth group and watched it uh, that entire first half of the nice. season. And it was this nice. cool bonding experience with my dad because me and my dad had mm, yeah. like had some of those like true bondings um, at that point. And then uh, by the time that the second half of my senior year happened, there was a kid who needed my dad more than than family time did uh, just because there was a kid who, who desperately needed dad. Um, mm. Shout out to Clayton, um, which, Chick, you know who Clayton is. Um, oh, yeah. But anyways, uh, Clayton, yeah. Had, Clayton had needed some, some mentoring stuff with my dad, and so dad used it uh, Wednesday nights. He would take him home and whatnot, and uh, they'd grab ice cream on their way and, and do some mentoring, and it was really I, cool to see that. I, I... I counseled that guy one summer at Marengo. Yeah, so shout out, mm -hmm. shout out to them. Um, but we had we had a lot of fun. Uh, and and the more that I watched it, my dad, when he couldn't keep up, uh, it, it kind of hurt for him. But what I was doing, uh, he finished I think season one with me. But what we were doing was I would watch it the night of. But then that was around the time that I was working, so I was able to pay, and I got uh the seasons on iTunes, and I had an Apple TV. Uh early gen apple tv and so we would go and the next day we would watch it together so i'd come home from school or whatever and we'd watch the new episodes of arrow so it was it was always a lot of fun to to have that there so chick did you like the fact that the story would go back five years and then he was like on the island and certain parts and then he's back in today's time and then maybe it switched to another character for like three storytellings but mostly it was kind of like the two timelines did you like how they did that in this season did you uh like the two stories and having to follow that or what were your thoughts on that so let me put it this way um it was much easier to follow than lost was so yeah i was cool with it because <laughs> lost had the uh lost had the flash forwards the flashbacks and then they had the flash sideways right um with the alternate like um all the alternate universe stuff. In so you're telling lost. me you got lost watching Lost? We all did, dude. Who did? Hey, your dad taught you that, lost. didn't he, Jordan? <laughs> it comes by. I come by it honestly anymore at this point. Having having my own kid, so, I just yeah. dad jokes just come out left and right. Right. So, but yeah. So I was I was already used to all the flashbacks to islands with Lost. So like, yeah. Super, super easy, and I, I liked it a lot. Um, it was a really um, convenient but well-done way to to fit all the plot they needed to fit into everything. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I was all I was into it. And the flashbacks for me, uh, I mean, similar to uh, Chick's point right there, I mean, yeah, I think Lost I, – I, I mean, I think Lost – sprinted so arrow could uh uh <laughs> get its quiver ready uh over here because i mean it, it, it was a reverse loss essentially like oh hey now uh oliver's back in the real world here's a lesson he learned on the island that is now teaching him now and just seeing seeing that because uh i hate to keep bringing out smallville but smallville did like two or three episodes on his origin or like they would lightly touch on stuff like he came across a canary uh it set up that him and Spoiler alert for Smallville. We're, can I spoil Smallville at least? I know we're not going to spoil later arrows, but I'm going to spoil slight Smallville stuff. But uh, Oliver in that universe and Lex's adopted sister uh, were on the island together, and that's kind of mm -hmm. set up his origins and whatnot. If I'm not mistaken, I, I haven't got that in my rewatch yet, but I that, I do recall that because, I mean, I think they were setting those early ground seeds. Like, right. hey, Oliver's cool. We need to set this up. I mean, we failed him doing Aquaman. Let's see if we can least get this other thing going for him then he got this is us and he's stripping and uh bad mom's christmas and all that it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a thing it's a thing gross um but the flashbacks were handled well uh my only issue we'll talk about it later is just how they 
tackled them in later seasons because it's like, oh, is he really on the island the whole time for five years? And right. later seasons talk about it, so I will just shut up from there <laughs> before I get into it. I think one of the coolest things was when they started to show, especially in this season, where you go from, I was this party boy, I had, uh, I was kind of carefree, did my own thing, and then five years on an island, um, or presumed five years on this island, at least, is we're, we're understanding that, okay, there's going to be lessons that he's going to learn, there's going to be character development that we're going to catch each episode moving forward, so like, it may not always be that we're filming all this, like, right here, right now, it's, it's we're going to be catching, okay, wait, why do you know this? And then five episodes later, oh, hey, remember back on this episode? Yeah, he learned it on the island. Um, and it, it's something that repeats. I also love how some of his villains come from there. Um, he's had some, yep. some heroes and villains and, and just different pieces that come with it. Um, and I, I really, really liked that, especially because you meet people like Billy Wintergreen and Slade Wilson, who both kind of look like Deathstroke because, well, wink, wink, one of them is. And so it was really cool to see some of that in there. Um, and then future seasons, they, they kind of continue to play off of that a little bit with different aspects. I, I really liked that. So what did you guys think about Stephen Amell's uh, Green Arrow, how he how he handled it? I know uh, you keep talking about, Will, with Justin Hartley and his, his rendition of Oliver Queen, but what did you think about Stephen Amell? I mean... Again, <laughs> podcast, I'm not going to say Smallville did this, Smallville did that. I think this will be the last time I bring it up, uh, at least for a little bit. Uh, but they, with, with the, some of that early stuff, I was just going like, how are they going to do this? And then I think once they announced like, hey, Stephen Amell is going to be the Arrow, I kind of followed him to be like, oh, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to maybe acknowledge Smallville and all this other stuff? And he was doing all this hardcore parkour stuff all over in the gym and and, and like Chick said, the staple salmon ladder, like just showing how much of a BA he is at mm -hmm. fighting and all this other stuff. I'm going like, um, I better shut my mouth or else this guy is going to beat me up because he really is the Green Arrow at this point, <laughs> from what I can see. He 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 um like we legit like Stephen Mel did uh, an episode of like American Ninja Warrior, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. And now when he heals, uh, just to bring that up too, like he, and he's done some wrestling stuff too. So like he. Yeah, he's done pro wrestling stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he'll, I, he'll mess you up. I like Stephen Amell. Just, uh, I mean, he's got a mouth on him, and and sometimes he gets a little bit more cocky than I wish he would be. But I think that he's kind of earned some of that, especially with how much he he pushes in, and then like, uh, he's a big proponent for the F cancer movement. Um, and so like he helped sponsor a lot of stuff with that. And he's like, Hey, you know what? We got to, we got to try and help figure things out with this help, help with research. And I just like just the, the mentality that he had moving through this. Um, he was a big proponent for making sure this show happened. And, and he like later on, and we'll talk about this closer to season eight when we hit that episode. Um, he really just kind of hit this point of, he knew when to stop. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful that like, he didn't sit there and be like, I need a paycheck. And he, he didn't do it for that. He did it for the fans. He's helped uh, create uh, the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. Um, he helps big with that. He's He goes to Comic Cons and all that. Um, he's, he's really in it for the fans, and I think that was really, really cool. Uh, Chick, what did you think so about let, Stephen Amell? Yes, yeah. yeah, so let, so let me um, – uh, like, I, I, I agree with everything that's, that you guys have said so far. And um, I love Stephen Amell and – how he's done green arrow but let me do something uh, say some things that i thought like i thought could were missing right um starting the with things, the goatee uh, yeah right so yeah so um the the green arrow i'm used to is justice league unlimited green arrow um, good one yeah 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 say say oz dirtbag anyways um where he's like he's like Batman and kind of like he's like a poor man's Batman, happy-go-lucky, you know, Spider-Man-y Batman type of person where he's spouting off one-liners and being aloof and pulling out, you know, uh, weird arrows that do weird stuff like the one episode in JLU where he's undoing the uh, – he's like um, cutting off ice. And he's like, oh, and Black Canary said that – a 
you know, buzzsaw era would be would be overkill, right? That's 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 kind of your arrow I like the most, and um, Steve Amell in DC uh, CW's Green Arrow, not that at all, never was, uh, and um, you know that kind of you know that kind of sucked, but like it, the way they did it, I loved anyways. But I do love that version of the Arrow, uh, Green Arrow. Sorry, and um, so there's that. Then like what you said, Jordan. Um, no, no goatee. Like, how can you do Green Arrow without a goatee? That's two times we had a Green Arrow, and there was no goatee, right? Harley's Green Arrow didn't have <laughs> didn't have a goatee, and then uh, I think it's a peach buzz. I think it's yeah, a peach as, buzz in one of his lower days. Yeah, as <laughs> five o'clock shadow, right? And mm-hmm. um, and then the last thing is, and we saw rumors of it, and it never happened. Is we didn't get a Robin Hood hat. It was just a hooded Green Arrow the whole time. Right and, um, and other than that, though, having a um, since they couldn't do Batman, since CW couldn't do just go out and do Batman, making a Batman character was awesome. It was great, and I think a lot of the darkness they put in, into it, and having a superhero character that actually killed people and had like had PTSD issues, and that was part of him killing people was like all the PTSD issues. Um, me as a giant fan of like deconstruction superhero stories i really liked that so yeah Stephen amell i love you dude you know Stephen amell did an amazing job with with oliver queen and and like you said he was not your jlu nothing like what we'd seen in animation form or anything like that prior to um very very dark very very gritty more of an anti-hero However, mm-hmm. he had some pretty cool side characters and support that came in to help. So this is going to lead into to kind of the next thought. Who is better, or who did you like more, John Diggle or Felicity Smoke? And I know that this is like apples and oranges a little bit, but I— Yeah, because we already know my answer. Give it to Chick. You know my answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Chick, John Diggle or Felicity Smoke, which did you prefer? Now, this could be a I preferred them because of— their character yeah. development, and you could say, because the actor or actress, you could say, whatever. This is season. This is season one version. Season of one. Only. Yes, okay. season one. Season one. I prefer Felicity so much more over John Diggle, um, because she's nerdy and spastic and um, super hot at the same time. Um, she's like every nerdy dude's like dream girl. Like, oh my gosh, a socially awkward nerdy girl but like smoking hot at the same time like where do i sign up yeah i see what you did there smoking hot i know yeah no i when there's smoke there's fire storm eventually (laughs) down the road oh my goodness anyways uh yeah and then also the other thing about felicity and they they stay true to this character and this character like throughout the whole series um is um how she like did like super awkward like sex references joke type stuff you know what i'm saying where like she like saying something super inappropriate to you know to oliver about his good looks but then like be like oh wait no that was really inappropriate i didn't mean it that way like type of jokes like she does that all the time in the whole series and it's hilarious anyways yeah go ahead will well i mean that that is my answer as well i mean diggle (laughs) I, I mean, when Arrow first started, I didn't know, like, who... I, I, I mean, they do a good job. I think we just talked about this with The Dark Knight, and I hate to compare Arrow to The Dark Knight, but the first two seasons are pretty much prestige television until Daredevil came on the on the scene. Uh, but, I I mean, with the pilot, you never know. But, like, at one point, I was like, oh, is the maid going to be important? Because, like, he, there was, like, a... Do you remember this? There was, like, a scene where, like, he's, like, really friendly to yeah. her and helping her outfold something or just uh, he's speaking Spanish or whatever. I'm like... Oh, he learned that on Island too, obviously. But I'm like, oh, like he changed and all that. And then I just, I we didn't know if, uh, his father-in-law. I forget the father-in-law's name. Uh, wasn't it Walter? Walter, thank you. Because uh, that, that's was awesome. the stepfather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's because a really good character. Like his first dinner back, he's just like, uh, I had no idea you wanted to be with my mother, Walter. And I'm like, I don't know if that line needed to be written or said, but just like his delivery, <laughs> of, I'm like. Language. I'm cold. No one's going to say anything because he just got back off an island after five years. Uh, 
uh, and even Tommy's like, kind of like almost a. I know the question was about Felicity and Diggle, but just that whole cast is good. I think I I, I know maybe there's a later question we were talking about, but I mean Laurel. Uh, this is one thing I think the Berlanti shows have kind of kind of have uh, messed up sometimes. The main love interest or the one who's going to be perceived to be the main love interest, her mm. Iris later down the road and Flash at some points. Laurel was kind of weak, but like she didn't put up with any of Oliver's crap. Island or not, it's like, oh hey, like I re- I blame you for my sister dying and all this. This is all your fault. And then Tommy's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, get over it, man. And he's still kind of doing the thing. Uh, and even his mom and Speedy are cool. But back to the main question, I, I this is this is why I did on that did that thing. Um, so in the first few episodes, Oliver has to kind of like duck Diggle or whatever uh, because him and Tommy got jumped in quotes while and he's like you failed the city and all that for the first time before he gets his real suit and i'm just going like oh, we're gonna do this every episode like I, I, it, this, it was cute when i was like five and it was power rangers and the rangers had to get away from something but like i i don't want to see this and then they end up teaming up and that was cool and then we got introduced to it i'm gonna get smacked for this i know it um not, i don't get smacked guys it's a joke but um i instantly fell for Felicity Smoke, Emily Bett Rickards. Uh, I thought she was going to be a one-and-done character. She's going like, oh, like, you're really attractive or whatever. When she's when he's like, oh, can you uh, look up this computer for me? And I'm just like, this is awkward female me in TV form. And I must meet her. <laughs> <laughs> she will be mine if Oliver doesn't get her. I'm kidding. Um, but just, I was like, oh, she's one-and-done. And then she became the woman in a in a chair uh and came into her own and then when we expanded that character later on which i'm not going to get too much into it was very interesting to see like how great she became uh despite her upbringing and stuff but i am going to drop it there before i inadvertently spoil stuff yeah i uh i'm gonna say that i liked diggle more um all right i think that i liked diggle more because it went from he was a bodyguard that wanted to quit to he gives like this amazing speech to Oliver and he's like, you don't have to go it alone. Like if this is the war you're going to fight, this is a war I believe in. Like I'll fight it with you, brother. And then like they slowly become closer and closer. And then like future seasons, it helps build. But like in this season, I really liked how there was a, there was more story development for Diggle than there was Felicity. I think Felicity originally, if I'm not wrong, both of them were not supposed to be long-lasting characters, but they became fan favorites, and so they mm-hmm. kept them on, and they liked the way they interacted, and uh, and that became the team eventually. Um, but I just I sit back and I'm like, I think that they were done each. Both of these characters were done very very well, but I love John Diggle. I think Diggle is is just someone that I'm I'm excited to see kind of what happens because um, I need. I mean, we've had eight seasons of Arrow, and uh, we're we're about to start season eight. Well, we've just started season eight of the flash. And so we're super, super excited to kind of see where John might show up. Cause there's been talks that he might show up in Superman and Lois. And then uh, with the new season of flash and, and you know, what, what's going to happen? Is he going to become the green lantern? Is he going to not? Are they, who knows? We'll figure it out. Um, super excited to see uh, that character grow though. You know, talking about other characters, uh, who was your favorite villain? from this show you know they're one of the cool things about when you get into cw superhero shows is they've got like one overarching villain but then they've got a lot of other villains that they kind of sprinkle through yeah. like a villain of the day villain of the episode kind of, of yeah. yeah and some sometimes those villains reoccur sometimes um yep. they've got just different ones i'm gonna go ahead and say that my favorite episode that like got me was fi- uh, when they brought in firefly and like they did the the firefly oh, cool, yeah. version when they did uh they had like tattoos on their their wrists and all that um from the station house with the the firefighters and all that and i thought it was a very cool interpretation cuz we're in a we're in this time where you know marvel is doing their own thing dc is doing their own thing but it's more grounded more dark night um not these fantasy stories anymore it's we're just making larger than life realistic and I thought it was really cool that instead of Firefly like having the wings and flight and like just flamethrowers and all that, he came in and he was just a guy who just set things on fire um, and then got away with it. And I'm like, I loved that, and my heart broke uh, when he ended up setting himself on fire. That broke my heart. I was like, there's redemption. 
dude, there's redemption. Come on. And it just fell through. So, Chick, what about you, bud? Uh, my favorite my favorite villain from season one was the overall villain, but I'll I'll say because um, we can talk about Merlin later. Um, I'll say another another villain I really enjoyed in the first season. Um, not that they did a good job with it, but just the fact that they actually you finally saw these villains in like live action is when they did Royal Flush Gang. Oh yeah, because because Royal Flush Gang is such a staple because there's been so, so many different versions over the years in dc comics in animation um even in animation alone there's like three or four different versions of the royal flush gang um well and, they even show uh, a different royal flush gang a few different times throughout the different dc series as well so that's that's cool too yeah 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 and so finally to have um a live a live action version of them um was cool um even though like they, I, there are some things they could have done differently with them that would have made it better, but still, finally having a live-action Royal Flush Gang, pretty cool to finally have. So, yeah. What about you, Will? All right. Just, all right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did, didn't Clock King show up in early season one? I don't think so. I don't remember if he did. I think, yeah, Clock King is in uh, first season of Flash. I don't re- remember where he was in. An arrow. I know he's an arrow somewhere, but I forget where it was. I don't think it was right. season. Well, yeah. I guess I will go with our main overarching villain. Then uh, it's so, it's not the easy answer, but it is an awesome answer because uh, how is it you get an actor with the last name Arrow in his last name, and then one of our podcast hosts over here starts the hashtag Be Arrow Man. Uh, do you remember this, Jordan? I, I, I was all about this on Twitter, man. I was I remember crazy this. about it, and then other people started doing it. I'm like, I, like, just like how we're kind of slowly getting uh, some uh, view viewership on uh, TikTok. Uh, I was just like, yes! And then he showed up, and then they eventually get the actress that plays Wiver Song to be uh, Detective Lance's ex-wife and stuff. I'm like, more Doctor Who references in this? Because I was in a big Doctor Who phase, too, and I, I don't know just how menacing it is and it's like and we'll, we'll see later I, I mean I, I'll say there's better outings for John Barrowman's Merlin but if they didn't cast him here this early we don't get him later uh, in other shows and like just how he doesn't put up with Tommy's nonsense and then even Oliver's and he actually I mean he succeeds in his plan too like not, not to say that Deathstroke doesn't next season uh, but I'll it's been a while, uh, so I forget. I forget. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. Uh, but um, I, I mean, because we're all, we're so used to formulaic TV, like Oliver's got to win. Like, it, and Oliver, in some regards, wins some of the day, but he loses his best friend and Star City uh, or Starling City at that point, like, gets utterly destroyed, and it's all his fault because he wasn't able to uh, help stop Merlin and. John Berman was a good first test for him there as Malcolm Merlin. Yeah, I think I think Malcolm Merlin is a great pick. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. You and I both got to meet John Berman, right? Yes, I've met him now twice. Yeah, and uh, I remember meeting him out on the floor, and I just looked at him. For for those of you who who've ever heard me talk about this story, I stood there. And he walks up, and I just kind of happen to position myself, wink, wink. Um, but I happen to position myself right where he was coming, and he was like, "Hey," and I'm like, "Hi," and he's like, "You know, we're a, uh, I, I don't like you," and I was like, "Oh," and he's like, "Cause you're the Flash, and I'm a villain. Get it?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and I just kind of stuttered. And I was like, I, 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 I'm a big fan. And he's like, I can tell. And, like, he just – he played off of it. And I love just – I think John Barrowman's a great guy. Um, love love him there. And I love that uh, his, his character is not just in the formula of how TV typically works. They didn't just one and done and kill him off after the season. Um, and I was really excited that, like, he potentially could come back and play a bigger role, which he ended up doing in, in future seasons. And I liked that. Did you guys like how they included a hero slash anti-hero kind of character? You know, uh, the formula has kind of been first season, you, you start it out, take a test, drive, and, and see 
okay, is this how we want to go? Which way uh, are we going to add people? Are we not going to add people? Typically, you don't see a lot of additions in that first season. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Um, but with, with Arrow, they included the character Huntress. Did you guys like Helena Bertinelli's Huntress uh, adaptation in this? Did you feel like she was a wasted character? Um, what were your thoughts about that? Let's start with Will. Uh, it's been such a long time since I've watched this season, but I think wasn't that the big like deal coming back from midseason that that was going to be an arc? Uh, thank you, because uh, I think because this was like early era was peak us getting to know each other. So we could always be talking about this, and then you'd be asking me about comics and stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, I know some of this stuff, but not all of it, man. <laughs> to each his own. Uh, but the main question was about Huntress and. I mean, you got a potential future Black Canary there. I'm, and we don't at at that point in 2011, 2013. It was like 12, 12, 13, somewhere in there. That is when this one. Somewhere in there, 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. Um, we didn't know what we were gonna get. So like, God forbid, we do end up getting Clock King in an Arrow episode, or we at least allude to Deathstroke, like. Yeah, they're taking it pretty seriously right now. I don't know if we're gonna get like crazy off-world and crazy stuff. So like, I don't think it was a waste. I think it was also just showing, and just similar how Tommy's a parallel to him in the in his socialite world. Uh, Huntress is kind of a parallel to him going like this is like the uh, the wrong way you could be doing the arrow stuff getting revenge on the people that wronged you and just i think it maybe paved the way a little bit uh i, I don't know you guys thoughts on the new bird of birds of prey slash harley quinn movie but I, I think it did set a little bit of the precedent of how that character could be handled and maybe paved the way to do it again i know i know they did it in birds of prey but it was kind of it was the batman catwoman version of huntress but i, I don't know huntress, huntress doesn't get enough get enough love i'm glad that we, they at least attempted it and brought her in what about you chick so there are, um in my opinion um the arrow huntress is a mixed bag um there is some really good things they did with her some some not so good things they did with her um the the things that i really appreciated they did with with um their huntress is they 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 stuck true to what the because there's a lot of different arcs out there with Huntress and comic books and other animated adaptations, but they stuck true with one that usually is what people go with, which with is um you know Dad's crime lord um and gets killed by his competitors um in front of her as a child messes her up trains her whole life to be um, to be able to get revenge for the people who killed her dad, and that drives her and makes her uh, and more of an more so of an antihero, right? Um, so I like how they I like how they 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 stuck to that with her character in Arrow, and I really like the whole um, the whole part of the plot where um, Oliver's trying to teach her, you know, justice, not vengeance, whole, that whole thing, and and even in some ways through teaching Helena about, you know, it's not revenge is not what we're looking for, but justice. He's kind of, you know, reflecting on himself also in that episode. He's trying to he's trying to overcome that whole thing on his own. He's questioning his own um his own um, morals as a hero. Like, well if I'm teaching you know, if I'm teaching this 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 woman this stuff, then I need to do it too, right? And um so I I, I really really I really like that. Now what I didn't like was she became a love interest. I didn't I didn't like all the romantic stuff that went on between um, um, Oliver and, and, and Helena during that whole arc in the show. Um, and not because I don't think they're a good couple or anything. It's just um, and this happens a lot in Arrow and it happens a lot in other shows too. It's just like whenever there's like a strong female character in shows like this, they always end up like with either sexually or romantically or both with the strong male lead. It always happens. Um, and, um, like, for example, also in season one with Shadow, like, they also become sexually involved, Oliver and her, 
and like there's pretty much any like non-committed to a relationship available uh, single female character in a show they always hook up with the male character and it's old and it gets boring so i didn't like that but everything else i thought it was good they stood true to the stuck stuck to the character stood true to the character um and yeah so well that's my that's my thoughts i didn't want to cut you off but uh with with arrow they actually kind of altered her story a little bit they killed the fiance the dad killed the fiance oh yeah yeah so Sorry. but they Sorry, they, they still stuck with the the main story like that that overarching like somebody killed so i am out for vengeance and i mean yes they stayed true to that they just altered it enough so i, yeah. I didn't want to cut you off but Sorry about that. no Sorry it's all good that. but yeah i mean i like that too um i liked huntress i wish they would have used more of her uh as time yes. went on um or I had her come back later in, in, in another season. I would have really enjoyed her in another season. I would have enjoyed yeah. her if she would have also got her own TV show or shown up later in, yeah. like, Batwoman. Um, I think that would have been right. really cool, too. Because um, I think she shows up in one more season. I think they did, like, a Birds of Prey, and I'm pretty sure they did something like that with her. She comes back for that. But she comes back uh, with The Huntress Returns. So, like, she had a two-part arc right before the, the new year. And then they mm-hmm. they did the the story arc, uh, or she she came back and did an episode, which I think you know they did her her character very well, and I liked her yeah. costume. Her costume was done very very well. I liked the costumes on a lot of these characters um, through this series, yeah. but I I personally liked her as a love interest. I think it kind of shook things up a little bit because, you know, the rich guy typically gets whatever he wants, and when you look at these characters, like Ollie kind of was trying to acclimate back in and his two lives were kind of conflicting at that moment so i think he was trying to find some normalcy but then like he was also a superhero uh, couple and i liked that right um so so yeah so all of it was like finally i have a love interest that i can share my other life with exactly and i think yeah, that's what i, I, that. I really liked. i think that should have been the way they would go uh eventually with black canary um yeah which we'll get to on future episodes but that that was my thought with that uh what about vertigo um at the same time that this this came out uh was about the same time roughly that uh young justice one of our favorite tv shows uh comes out and in that show they had this guy named count vertigo and count vertigo uh was royalty where the vertigo here was a drug on the streets um, and sometimes comics yeah. kind of go back and forth uh, depending on which which way the, the writers want to go. But typically they go in and it's not just a drug. It's like the, the guy who, who can control minds enough to, to make you get all vertigo. Um, and so I think that the, the character was done differently and I liked that. Um, what was your thought about having vertigo being a drug? And um remind me if this is true um the there there's a character i don't think did the character who was the drug lord was he did he go by vertigo also i forget if that i was, think they called him that yeah yeah um so there there are lots of times throughout the whole series too where they're going to make uh they make a parallel to batman because that's what they're trying to do with with arrow with green arrow is have him essentially be batman right and they did a really good job with this because Vertigo is Oliver Queen's Scarecrow. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they made a really great parallel to Scarecrow, especially with the episodes where, like, it is one episode where he drugged him with the Vertigo drug, and he has, like, these fever dreams and stuff, and he's trying to fight the guy, right? So it was very Scarecrow-y, and, yeah, I was into it. Yeah, I, I really liked how they – also played into um a very very famous uh comic where uh roy harper which he's not in it at this moment but uh roy harper went at one point as his sidekick speedy which they call uh thea which is oliver queen's sister they call her speedy at one point um and they make the drug reference to her that she has the drug problem and i liked how they kind of started to play into that a little bit Right. Um, yeah, because that was uh, that was that was the uh, the the very first Green Lantern Green Arrow team up where Roy where Speedy 
is a drug addict, and it yeah. really messes Oliver Queen up. It really, yeah. really messed with him, and I love how they mm-hmm. incorporated that. I think that's one of the cool things as well with, with comics to live action is you don't have to follow the comic to the T. You just have to incorporate these really good stories, and you're going to get fans And, we can, and it can be done well, yeah. Yeah. If you, even if you don't follow everything by every detail. Exactly. Still... As long as you're, like, mm-hmm. telling that story that we know, oh, hey, this is that specific mm-hmm. story. It, it's giving enough to it. Uh, what did you think about Vertigo, Will? If I'm not mistaken, because uh, I, I, and I – I, I'm, our podcast listeners are going to love that I'm double checking this, but it was a drug this time around, right? Yeah, they went with the yeah, drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, and, yeah. And, and I got during the tail end of you guys talking about the speedy thing, so I think that more or less confirmed it, but I think that was a solid um, new take on it. Uh, I, I mean, it was season one, they were trying to take stuff pretty seriously rather than have a man who could make people have vertigo and cause them to be sick right. and all that stuff walking into a room i mean we didn't right. know uh, it, all right I, I am going to mention that we do get the flash later but like we didn't know we were going to do that and then branch out and have several shows going out at right. one time uh and how big the multiverse even would get so i, I think they want to take it pretty seriously and it's like all oh uh, what is the Green Arrow's Rogues Gallery? Oh, this is Vertigo guy. Uh, he's he's pretty wacky, and they describe him like, oh, we can't do that. What if we make it a drug? There we go. There you. Oh, Johnson, you get a raise there for writing that episode. <laughs> Every time he gets mentioned, you, you your kids. Oh, we're gonna play a kid, one of your kids through college. So, Vertigo, <laughs> Vertigo, Vertigo, Vertigo. Pretty much. I, I mean, it was all around. If I'm not mistaken, like it was. I, I it was a like big he, run. Even post the list, like he's like, oh, we had to stop that shipment of Vertigo, or the like. Yeah, it was it yeah. was done really really well. Um, and I I think that when you handle a villain in a way that is is different and you give him a new take, I think that it it's done. You 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 put a stamp your own stamp on that character, and I think that'll help kind of right. with Vertigo moving forward. Like, oh hey, remember when they did him on Arrow? Um, and and season one Arrow they they had that, and I I think that was really really cool. Speaking of DC villains though, we had. Hands down, I'm I'm proclaiming this one of the best DC villains in the flashbacks in the form of Deathstroke. Uh, were you excited Ooh. to see Deathstroke? I mean, the very first episode we see uh, Oliver getting rescued, and you see the the eye hole have an arrow through it, and so like you're like, oh mm-hmm. wait, time out, who's this? And for us comic book fans, we're like, that's Deathstroke. Like we know who that boy is. Like. Absolutely. Did you like the the fact that Billy Wintergreen was wearing some Deathstroke stuff? Did you guys like that Slade Wilson was was joining in? Um, what were your thoughts on that, Will? Uh, well, I, I definitely at the time and whatnot. I, I do. I just always love in media when there's another William bad guy or good guy or not. Like it's it's sometimes uh, if it's someone who goes really bad, I'm like no. But like even billion power rangers uh but uh just knowing that they were pulling like such obscure characters like any anything could have been adapted that would have been like taken seriously and from my understanding billy Winter- wintergreen is essentially like deathstrokes alfred so i'm going like okay like obviously we're gonna take some liberties with that because who, who wants to see oh here you go mouse to deathstroke he's just sold and all that uh so like that they took a a, a twist on it and made him like someone that he trained with and like that they were best buddies because I'm sorry, I'm really struggling with season one stuff, <laughs> trying to remember. But I just know that he, he was the big threat, and they had Shadow, and uh, just seeing. Yeah, I I don't know. I I am all disjointed, tumbled over there. But I, I thought they did a solid job uh, reinterpreting that character for the use for Arrow. Absolutely. What about you, Chick? Yeah. So um, I think it's hilarious how. Um, we're getting Slade Wilson for all these different things like Arrow and um, Justice League with Joe Benilio and but we're not we, we didn't get a live action Teen Titans and and Slade Wilson until last year or a couple of years ago whenever second season of Flash uh, Splash wow second season of Titans came out um, so 
mean, not, not that's just a bad thing. I'm just saying I think it's just funny, ironic that, you know, we're putting Slade with all these things, but he's not in his in his origins with Titans. Anyways, um, yeah. Um, like I said at the beginning of the episode, um, my introduction to comic books and superhero stuff was this show. So the only thing I was familiar with was when it comes to Deathstroke and Slade was the Teen Titans animated show on the Cartoon Network. And that was still me barely knowing who that uh, knowing who that was. So um, I kind of more or less found out who Deathstroke really was through this show. Um, so everything with like, you know, Billy Wintergreen's, um, you know, uh, mask with the half gold, half half black stuff, and the mask with the arrow through it. Like I didn't know any of that stuff um, when I first saw this. Um, so I wasn't really geeking out, nerding out on it. I was more or less just really finding out what it was for the first time. And that was pretty cool. Um, other than Teen Titans animated show, um, what's what's the actor's name who plays Slade? Uh, <laughs> are you, are you no, not Arrow or no, an Arrow. Man, Manu Bennett. Manu Bennett. I always say Manu Ginobili because he's a basketball player. Manu Ginobili. I'm dumb. Anyways, yeah. So Manu Bennett. Other than other than Teen Titans animated Cartoon Network Slade, Manu Bennett's my first exposure to Slade Wilson. And, um, so, and he's become, like, one of my favorite villains of all time. So, thank you, Manu Bennett. You're awesome. Absolutely. Have uh, you seen the video of the stunt double or him dancing in the Deathstroke suit? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's ridiculous. I'm gonna find it. I'll send it to you. In the <laughs> so, anyways, uh, you know, I... <laughs> Deathstroke is hands down one of my top favorite villains ever. I think that yeah. um, we were talking about this with TikTok last month, and we had we had posted, you know, who's your favorite villain? And oh, wait, follow our TikTok, y'all. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Sorry. Go go check us out. We're right. on TikTok. Um, but we had asked a question, and it was like, who's your favorite supervillain? And I posted, uh, I posted uh, Deathstroke. Now I use the Deathstroke from Titans, but Deathstroke Manu Bennett season two is some of my favorite storytelling wise of Slade Wilson. I just wish they would have mm-hmm. done a little bit more uh, suiting up for him because uh, I just I love I love his suit. Um, I just love seeing Deathstroke suited up. Period. But anyways, uh, I think that they handled Deathstroke in season one very very well. Um, it kind of got me attached to this character, and I was like, oh, I love Manu Bennett. Um, he was actually supposed to be at a comic con uh, that I was going to, and yeah. he canceled uh, last minute, and I was really sad that Aww. at that one. Um, but we're gonna flip the script. So from bad guys to good guys, Tommy and Laurel, did you like them? Yes or no? Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't like Laurel at first, like at all. I thought Laurel's character kind of sucked um, in the beginning. She ended up being cool, but, like, in the beginning, it's just kind of meh. But Tommy, I really enjoyed Tommy's – so my favorite um, my favorite Tommy episode in the first season is when um, – it's one of the first few – it might be the very first episode, but it's when, it's when Thea is still in her party girl phase in the first season, and she tried to, like, get into all these parties, and Tommy's like, uh, no. And he's, like, essentially, like, the surrogate uh, – you know, adopted older brother for her. Um, and if you've listened to me talk about CW shows on this podcast before, you know, I love me some sappy family, you know, warm and fuzzies. I love that stuff. It's like crack to me. Um, and so that kind of stuff, Tommy being the surrogate older brother to Thea, I loved it. And then like all this. Yeah. So I love me some Tommy. Um, he's flawed as a character. But he's got a good heart, and um, what happens to him, he doesn't deserve it because, yeah. We'll That's... talk about that later in this episode, I guess. Yep. Uh, you know, I think what killed me was knowing the backstory of who Laurel is, uh, comic book-wise, how she's supposed to be Dinah Laurel Lance. Yes. Um, and to know that, like, she is supposed to be the love interest of Oliver Queen, that she... Uh, eventually they get married. I mean, there's there's so many comic book pieces that I knew about with, with her and, and Ollie, and I was like, man, I love these characters. Like, this is going to be great. And then they end up dating. 
and it's Tommy and Tommy and Laurel. And I was like, Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I don't like this. Um, yeah, I struggled really hard with it. Uh, I, I, I think that was, uh, a poor move on, on the CW's part, but right. it's okay. Cause I think that it was kind of rectified later on. Um, I also hate how Tommy ended, uh, with, with, season one i i i struggled with yeah. that one um will what He's about you one of you? the best characters in season one man that's true uh tommy yeah. what about you laurel and laurel and tommy who, who do I you think, like them yes or no uh i believe i do <laughs> i like to believe <laughs> i do um i i like tommy a lot more uh so gonna get like slightly personal here um so when I had met you, Jordan. I don't know how much I vented or talked about stuff or if I was pretty closed off, but I had just, um, bleh, uh, I, I had just got out on my own and had like maybe, not that my family is rich or anything, but I was, on, on, I had to be on my own, uh, to do stuff. And then when Malcolm cuts Tommy off midway through the season, I was going through a similar arc and I'm just going like, okay, so maybe Tommy's not a complete. Steve, you said a bad language word whatever and just seeing like him actually trying to do stuff um and get up on his own I i'm remembering season one right correct like that happened like mm -hmm. uh and then just him getting a sort of win even though to a degree if i'm not mistaken there was like a whole love quadrilateral there where uh ollie and laurel had just had uh some intimacy again after so long and, and she had finally forgiven him and then tommy's like oh like but I i'm your man or whatever it's CW soap opera. Just, I knew it was going to come mm -hmm. one movie, in one season or mm -hmm. another. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, and then I also was disappointed because I, I mean, I think we needed someone to die that season, uh, and then just like that, no one was safe. I mean, because Oliver had such a huge cast of char characters, like I mentioned earlier in the beginning. Uh, but like that, that, that just showed that like, hey, not all these characters are going to survive. Uh, every season and i mean some of these guys are gonna get their own stuff like I, I was bummed to see tommy go and then later on we'll maybe see him in some other ways of multiverse stuff um maybe flashbacks <laughs> i don't know I, I, oh I, man I, I i in podcast listeners jordan told me not to spoil anything i just yeah and the these seasons have been out for so long and just there's some great payoff later and i i i completely nerd out when that stuff happens I feel it. Mm -hmm. I understand. You know, we keep talking about uh, Tommy. This is this is a, a sore subject, even though it's been what almost ten years, uh, yeah, eight, eight, ten, ten years eight nine, years. ten years since that happened, and it still hurts. Um, that's one of those moments that uh, it hurts. I think that's gonna be a, a topic for for uh, TikTok here soon. Uh, what what was the death that hurt the most um, from a comic book character? Um, you know. The season finale, uh, it left us with a lot of death, a lot of pain. Um, you know, you were talking about this earlier, Will. They didn't let Ollie win, um, which I think is huge. That, that I think, was some of the best storytelling because the odds were not, oh, he's going to win. Oh, it's going to be a, a fun day. Like, it hurt. Um, and they killed Tommy, and that was really, really hard, especially for all of us who watched Tommy really grow. Like, they, I, I would say, yeah. like when you when you watch shows like Big Bang Theory or The Friends or uh, The Office, you see like one certain character really grow over like nine, ten seasons, and you're like, oh, like cool, like we we really attached to that character. I feel like they did that in the span of one season with Tommy, like we got really oh, yeah. really invested with Tommy, and then he didn't survive. So for you guys, did you see it coming? Um, were you how how did you react when when Tommy died? Uh, every time if I ever rewatch Arrow, I cry every single time Tommy dies at the end of season one. Um, Tommy goes from like just complete like rich douchebag um, jerk hole to um, someone that Laurel, who's a good hearted um you know human being wants to marry he he planned on getting married with more laura at the end of season one and it was going to happen she loves him and he goes that whole 180 
from, you know, you know, drug addict, rich, you know, party guy to, you know, husband, type, type, like husband material, someone you can start a family with type of guy. And um, he gets r- robbed of that continuation of that growth. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't down for it. I hated it. Still hate it. What about you, Will? Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm chick. I'm, I'm glad you're really close to your emotions, and, and you, you cry every time it happens. I may need to rewatch it. I don't know if it was cry worthy, but I was very like, I was like, I didn't see any of this coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, maybe I was getting emotional in a different way because I'm like, oh, oh, it's season two. Like, because I'm so used to Smallville ending on cliffhangers that, like, right. that kind of, I. I I, I promised I wasn't gonna bring Smallville up again either. Wow, I'm the worst on this podcast, guys. Way to go, Will. Yeah, uh, I'm the worst. You anyway, had one job. Well, like, uh, you have failed this podcast. That's that's the title of this. That's the title of this. That's podcast. definitely the title of the podcast. Is you yeah, we figured it out. Yeah. But I just kind of figured like, oh, we're still gonna be dealing with some of these repercussions at the beginning of season two, episode one. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a time there's a time skip, like post all like the re- the rebuilding, correct, and all that. If that's not a huge spoiler and obviously i'm the stephanie brown of the podcast spoiling every minuscule little thing after jordan said no will we're not doing that uh but i mean i think i just said all my thoughts at the beginning i'm kind of just grasping at straws but just not letting oliver win and then like getting some instrumental deaths like he lost his father at the beginning of the season and just showing like hey a diggle of felicity his mom his sister anyone's on the table right now dude like you've got to step your game up i think tommy's death was instrumental to future seasons um no oh, yeah it, it's it, true it built him into a different character um it showed that no one is impervious to death and i like that they didn't like go back on it um that his death was permanent um which they have gone back on deaths yeah, and and in com- in comic books they but not him. Yeah, yeah. He, it was kind of that one and done. He was kind of like an Uncle Ben kind of character, uh, uh, like the Waynes. Like, hey, it's it's just kind of done. Like, we're not touching Tom anymore. Um, you know, we we see him in flashbacks. We see him in other stuff. Uh, moving forward, but uh, as as a whole, I think that it was yeah. very instrumental. I hated that it happened. I loved Tommy. I wish they would. I think Tommy would have been a great asset. I don't think that they needed him though, um, and I think that they they proved that moving forward. Um, yeah, no, and uh, to your to your point, Jordan, like he didn't need to die. Like I just didn't want him to, but he didn't need to because because that's what. Um, and I'm not supposed to talk talk about future seasons, but that's what and follow and following to the next season. That's what inspires. I'm like that's because you know how they those they have those they always have the monologues at the beginning in the beginning of the the, the episodes. Um, and in the second season, um, like the first few episodes, you know, the monologue is, oh, because of my, the death of my best friend Tommy, I've had to change, you know, who who I became. So I had to become something else, right? Yeah. Pretty much that's it, what he they, – they, so it had to happen. They change it, and it, it changes him for the better. I, th- I think yeah, that it he helped. he goes from killing everyone to trying the, to the, not mi- the mission starts to change, um, and I yeah. think that helps – for future seasons, you start to see Oliver grow into yeah. the Green Arrow that we end up loving by the end of the series. Um, yeah. That, we, that we're like, oh, are you serious? Like, this is done? I mean, like Will has said in the past, you don't want a series to continue on so long that, like, you're, like, pulling your hair out. Like, why are why is this still going on? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that they handled him very, very well, especially with season one. Season one is one of our all-time favorites. Um, and so my last question for you guys tonight is did you like the arrow cave? Uh, did you like how he kind of had his own bat cave kind of thing? Because we keep saying this is like the poor man's Batman. Uh, this is someone who is a little bit different, very Batman-esque. Did you like the arrow cave? What were your guys' thoughts on it? Uh, as the foremost Smallville guy here on the podcast, it's no Watchtower. I'm kidding. Uh, it's nice Watchtower yeah. reference. The wa- yeah. Watchtower? Uh, okay, coming from that, I, I was with all my Smallville preconceived notions. I had 
mid to like no expectations because I'm like, oh, yeah, as long as they at least, because I figured, as we have seen in Superman and Lois and Supergirl, they reuse the camp farm that was used in Smallville, and I figured we'd get a reuse set of the Watchtower. Like, oh, hey, they can, they can repurpose that, and like they did it all for the better here in the Arrow Cave. Like, I mean, Felicity's got her spot. You got like the it's it's. Um, I mean, I I know it's poor man's Batman. I'm putting in quotes, but like it takes a lot from the Bruce Tim universe with him having his suit in the middle and it would be instrumental in setting up future other caves and other laboratories we might see in future seasons of other TV that we're going to talk about. Like, it, it, and it just looks pretty cool. It's like, and he's got his nice little, own little workout space. Like if we, if we ever make my own man cave, it might be something like this, but with Captain America paraphernalia, and it might be more blue. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. What are your thoughts, Chick? So, um, when it comes to the Arrow Cave, uh, so my my first experience with an Arrow Cave actually isn't this. Um, it's from Young Justice, which predates this, right? Remember the second season of Young Justice when the cloned? If you haven't seen Young Justice, I'm sorry about the spoil, but it's been, it's, spoil it. It's been out. This season's been out for over ten years, so you've had plenty of time. But the second season of Young Justice. When the cloyed Roy, uh, cloned Roy Harper was running away from the hospital, and he goes to that secret bunker, right? That's pretty much an arrow cave. Um, so we've seen arrow caves before, um, but yeah, like I said earlier in the podcast, like there's going to be so many parallels to Batman because that's what CW was trying to do was make this their Batman. So of course he's going to have an arrow cave, and he's going to have. Lots of different iterations of it, you know, in, in this throughout the, throughout the series. So there's going to be all, all the classics, you know, Batman superhero tropes of, oh, here's the suit in a, you know, the arrow suit in a in a glass, you know, thing on a mannequin, um, all that kind of stuff. Also, one of my favorite things, and I, we're not supposed to talk about other seasons. One of my favorite things about the Arrow Cave is everyone's always breaking into it, and that's the constant joke a reoccurring joke for the whole series and i love it like people are like seriously oliver you gotta like you gotta really buff buff up the security to this thing because everyone's breaking it i think what's really yeah. cool about that uh and i'm gonna play off of the 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 running trope joke is i love that everybody breaks in they make this joke but it's totally represent re representative of green arrow to batman where Batman is impenetrable, you have no idea that he has the Batman. Yeah, it's kind of like no way you're gonna get yeah. like it, it's kind of this this rumored thing, and no one ever makes it in. And then you've got Green Arrow, who's had multiples, and <laughs> they keep getting broken into. And I just I yeah. I find it so funny. I uh, and then I, the the, jo the joke carries over to Flash too, because everyone's always breaking in to Star Labs. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that that joke it, it's been done really well. Um, and it, it doesn't really ever feel like it gets old. Um, so I, I, I like that. Uh, my favorite thing about it is that he builds it and then puts a club right on top. So like he, ends yeah, it's, that's, that's the cover for it is the nightclub that him and Tommy run. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think that it was done very well. I liked that aspect. I liked, uh, that even like when, the, w w how I said one of my favorites was when, uh, they did the episode burned. And they had the firefighters like they start to burn down his club and like he has to duck in it. And it's very Batman Dark Knight-esque, um, kind of like right. when, when his his house is burning down and he like hits the piano and, and goes away. Um, it was very much reminiscent to that. Uh, and I loved the way that they handled that. So I thought I that was that was great. Totally forgot about the nightclub above because because <laughs> I, I, I know I mean, Ted Mosby's not wrong. There's every every moment in one of our points i mean i i don't think you guys i don't know i don't know about you guys but uh i, I used to go clubbing a lot and i think it was a dream of mine to it was a silly dream to have a bar or a club uh of course like, you gotta buy a bar that's really gotta, that's the only option puzzles. right now buy a bar right puzzles yeah, a bar. we're gonna name it puzzles. puzzles why would you name it puzzles that's the, the puzzle quiver. we'll call it quiver nobody will get it nobody will get it <laughs> so but no, I I think that that whole the first Arrow Cave was done really really cool, and I loved like the training montages that he did in there, like where he would throw the the tennis balls and then he'd boom 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 and like 
like right. those and how he made his own arrows and and like when the song would just drop and like you knew like that's when he's getting a business in the arrow cave and i thought i loved it i thought it was great so guys thank you so much for being a part of this uh super excited that we're now getting into uh the season breakdowns of some of our favorite shows so season one of arrow is now in the quiver guys i'm so excited for this uh it's gonna be a fantastic ride we're so so excited so Fans, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will catch you guys here next time on Nerd Talk.